0: The spinning back click, where each week here at MMA Junkie, we take a spin through the biggest stories in MMA. On this week's docket, UFC and USADA, their eight year relationship will soon come to an end. UFC 294 has a shakeup at the top of their bill. Let's discuss Logan Paul and Dylan Dennis at a boxing match or something like that. All this and much, much more. Hello, everyone. I'm your host, Gorgeous George, and with me, as always, some of the sharpest MMA minds in the biz. Joining me this week goes from MMA Junkie Radio, also the creator of SBC. He's in Las Vegas. Nolan King, up for Journalist of the Year. Uh, give him a shout out. He's at the theworldmmaawards.com. He's one of the best in the business. And, of course, WEC and UFC longtime featherweight, also a member of the UFC Hall of Fame, Cub Swanson. Uh, cold Coffee's on the ones and twos this week. And here we go. So, guys, listen, I was not messing around. The UFC and USADA, United States Anti-Doping Agency, will be ending their eight-year relationship at the end of 2023. The UFC will now be partnering up with DFSI, which is Drug-Free Sport International, as of January 2024. Though the announcement shook up the MMA world, the UFC has made it clear that they want to continue testing their athletes. They also named their new independent administrator to oversee the new anti-doping program, George Piero, a former FBI agent. Let's dig in here, fellas. Lots to unpack. Let's hear what your reaction was to the big news, and then we'll circle back as there was an interesting tie-in to this story. We go to Boston. The Boston shot caller is gonna lead things off here. What's the first take, Nolan?
1: It was pretty shocking. You know, a week that saw multiple UFC 294 title fights fall apart, that saw Dylan Dennis box Logan Paul that saw Pat Militich come back at 55. I mean, the USADA story was the one that dominated, uh, you know, I think the sphere for us. Um, it was it was a surprise, I think, from the start, um, getting that, everybody was sitting around, we were bugging USADA for, for weeks and weeks about, is Conor McGregor back in the pool? Is Conor McGregor back in the pool? And then we get the answer to that question and it's tied in with a very strongly worded, um, kind of borderline unprofessional sort of message from USADA where it seemed like, uh, they they kind of aired a little bit of grievances against the UFC. Um, very interesting, right? When we got that message to see that sort of tone, to see them kind of announce this seemingly a bit rogue, uh, away from any sort of uh, official kind of handshake parting of ways that you would think maybe two businesses would have. That, that That's not what happened. So I think from the start here, it was a bit of a shock. Um, obviously, we had that kind of period of silence from the UFC, and then we get note that they're going to have that press conference with Jeff Nowitzki and Hunter Campbell and that was again i think a monumental thing in mma history in the ufc history we haven't connor campbell's been one of the most influential people in this uh, organization for years now and we very seldom uh, th- that i can think of have ever had the opportunity to ask him questions especially in an official ufc capacity like this so i think it speaks to the seriousness and just the magnitude uh, of this this breakup with with usada and you could tell Uh, from the language that they were using, from the body language you can see right there with Jeff Nowitzki, they were pissed. Um, Definitely pretty angry, again, strongly worded uh, legal letter that they handed out to the media uh, that were in attendance there. So it was a very surprising, um, I think, just development. It's very monumental for the sport. Um, I'm very interested to see. I know we've heard a lot of the details that that they expressed during this. It seems like a lot of them are still going to be worked out in terms of what the drug testing program is going to look like. but it's it's sparked a lot of I think healthy conversations, which we're going to have right here too. Is is you know what is the legacy of USADA? What is um, how do we kind of view that period of time? You know how are things going to be different going forward? And for me, I mean, I, I reflect on that USADA era kind of as it was a bit of a game changer, right? Integrating drug testing into the UFC, but at the same time, I think it proved how there's really no perfect way to go about drug testing. There's been there was some real messy. Confusing issues that occurred, especially when Usada first started up, with uh, with with all sorts of of, of fighters and in, in different substances, um, that I think proved that that drug testing is not necessarily a black and white thing. Um, I think if you have no drug testing, it's not a good thing. If you have too much drug testing, it's not a good thing. Um, and it's it's really started to uh, kind of prove that it's it's not necess- There isn't a perfect black and white way to do this. So. Um, we'll see what happens with these changes that they were expressed by Nowitzki and Hunter Campbell. We'll see if how much is actually going to change. Um, I, I'm happy to hear, and I'm glad we have Cub on today. Cause I think he can kind of provide some, some uh, unique insight into all of this is like, what do the fighters want? You know, do they have a say uh, other sports when they have collective bargaining, part of the drug testing, the drug testing is part of kind of what's negotiated. So uh, we don't really have that obviously in MMA, we don't have that. So it would be interesting to, to hear. I, I hope that the UFC takes into account what the, the athletes have to say, too, because I think that's going to be a key factor in making this a successful thing for people going forward.
0: Good stuff, Nolan. All right, goes. How about you, man? Your reaction? You saw those tweets. People were like, OK, the fights are going to get interesting now. Let's all start juicing. Of course, a lot of sarcasm. But there was some uncertainty. Then, of course, the UFC started clarifying things.
2: But still, initially, what, what was going through your head? I think it was a very unfortunate situation because of how the news broke because of the way it broke. It created this mass confusion, you know, amongst the media, amongst fans, uh, even amongst the fighters, like they didn't really know what was going on. That's the part that sucked the most, right? The biggest fear for everyone is that if, if a drug testing program went completely away, what's going to happen now, what are fighters going to do? Cause it's a scary thing, right? If you're an athlete and, uh, and you're in somebody on the other side of you is cheating this is damage that they could cause that you don't get back, right? A slap on the wrist doesn't really matter to you at that point. The damage has been done. So that's not what's happening here. You know, the UFC scrambled. They put something together and they they kind of clarified, all right, drug-free sport. This is where they're going. And then they had that press conference. And the press conference, you got to give them props because that that did clear up a lot of things. Now, granted, we have to take everything from their side. And it it actually did kind of crack me up because you don't really see Hunter Campbell too much. You see Jeff Nowitzki a little bit more, but even then, you don't see him that much. But when they were there, it almost reminded me of like, like when a husband goes out and buys an expensive car. The first thing they do when they come is they tell you all about, yeah, but honey, the bells and whistles. Now you can listen to your favorite show. Now you got this. Now you, like They kind of hit you with a lot of that type of stuff, right? So if you're a fighter, I think that's a lot of stuff that's going to make you happy the the app that was such a big problem for everybody right uh the getting woken up in the middle of the night getting bothered while you're weight cutting i think they hit you with a lot of that type of news to kind of soften that blow a little bit but really what it what it came down to was it was ugly you know from the usada side and you see that the things that they were they were saying you kind of understand what hunter campbell was saying as far as there being like a little bit of malice right that part i do get and i did feel that um on the UFC side, like there are probably things that they could have done to, to, to help uh, this relationship be a little better. But I'm glad that we're going in a good direction because at the end of the day, USADA was a good thing. Remember when they first came around, roles were, I mean, heads were rolling, right? Like there were a lot of people getting caught. I think just the announcement of USADA when it first came out probably curved a lot of people where they said, well, this game's over, right? I can't do this. And then there were probably some people that were like, well, I'm going to test this and see how far I can go. It definitely made a big difference in our sport. It was a very important thing to bring on USADA. And now that they're going in another direction, uh, and we and we know that drug testing will still be around, we just got to hope that all these promises that were made will uh, will will stand. Because if they don't, People are going to look back at the situation and go, hey, you shouldn't have let go of, of uh, one of the major players in the sport.
0: Yeah, they called it the gold standard of testing. And a lot of us did feel pretty good about that, knowing that maybe main events wouldn't fall through because of that. Our results that had taken place wouldn't be, have to be overturned. Uh, that kind of gave us comfort, I guess, as, as media and fans. Killer Cub, I know you got two perspectives here. You've been in that octagon. The blood, sweat, and tears—I uh, mean, over a lot of years, but especially this eight-year run—and you're also a manager, so I'm sure you might have been fielding calls from some of the guys that you help, and then I'm sure you had questions too. But what was that initial reaction? Well, my my initial
3: reaction was uh, I was pissed. I was like, "Are you serious?" Um, and really, you know, like Go said, it's the way it came out. It. There was no answers right away so you get this news and then obviously twitter blows up and people are making jokes and so yeah my first my initial reaction was i was pissed because you know usada came in they set the standard um you know us as a fight organization has always been fighting because i come from way back so we've always tried to be fighting for our respect as well as a legitimate sport and i feel like we've done all the right things and then just I'd say with the announcement of the UFC merging with WWE to become TKO um, and then kicking out USADA like back to back, I feel like just the perception uh, of that wasn't great. And so yeah, it wasn't great timing. It wasn't great the way it came out. Um, We've since learned some things that, that there's been some issues. So now I'm optimistic. I'm being really optimistic because um, although USADA did an amazing job, uh, there were some things that I definitely disagreed with and I think the UFC disagreed with. Um, you know, They banned a couple things that were healing agents, um, a couple uh, peptides that, that they're finding are helping fighters uh, recover better. And let's say your favorite fighter um, has an injury that's nagging and there's something out there that he could take to help him recover to be able to get back in there. That's not performance enhancing, but just a healing agent. I think that, you know, we should think twice about letting stuff like that, um, you know, be legal for us to take. And and so, yeah, there's a lot of things that that could have done better. So I'm being optimistic about what this new relationship is going to bring for the fighters.
0: Good stuff, Cub. Take it down a couple notches, man. You're scaring us here on the panel. You might become a permanent fixture. So uh, no, we appreciate that. So like Nolan teased. You know, there was a, some big news that paralleled the big news, right? The official acknowledgement from USADA that Conor McGregor was back in the USADA testing pool. And so we were left wondering how this might affect, you know, um, everything going forward. The big fight, I guess, against Chandler and all. But Travis Tiger, the CEO of USADA, had this to say. Here's a quote from him that accompanied that press release. Well, it was was in the press release, I should say. The relationship between USADA and the UFC became untenable. Given the statements made by UFC leaders and others questioning USADA's principal stance that McGregor not be allowed to fight without being in the testing pool for at least six months. He continues, unfortunately, we do not currently know whether the UFC will ultimately honor the six-month or longer requirement because as of January 1st, USADA will no longer be involved in the UFC anti-doping program. Despite a positive and productive meeting, About a contract renewal in May of 2023, the UFC did an about-face and informed USADA on Monday, October 9th, that this was going in a different direction. More active to tell their side of the story, especially regarding McGregor's long-awaited return to testing and its details. From the UFC side, they're disgusted by USADA's claim that the McGregor situation was a relationship and they even demanded an apology. Here's what Hunter Campbell had to say. A couple quotes from him. Disappointingly, they used Conor McGregor as a vehicle to sort of articulate and reframe a complete misrepresentation of what occurred over the last several months. At no point in time did Jeff Nowitzki, myself, or any other representative, Dana, not a single person ever went to USADA and told them anything other than Conor McGregor would re-enter the program when he was healthy. In doing so, we would require him uh, to do the program for six months there would be no exception to the rule all right guys so two sides do a story yada yada but i want to know what concerned you the most when it came to mcgregor's path uh back to competition in terms of pd testing and now that you've heard both sides how do you piece all that together your reaction to that nolan
1: yeah i mean it's it's a he said she said sort of scenario here right the, the statement that you saw to put out uh, initially um, certainly, I don't know if it explicitly said it, but it certainly impl- heavily implied that, uh, you know, that that the UFC had asked for Conor to, to kind of be an exception to the rule or an exemption. Um, I know Hunter Campbell very, very explicitly said afterwards in that press conference that that was not the case, that they had not once asked that and that they had actually said the contrary. Um, that was what a lot of that legal letter demanding an apology, which they did not receive. Uh, from USADA. That's what that whole thing based around. So I guess it was reassuring to hear uh, that the UFC at that press conference was saying that they were never going to ask for an exception for him. I will say, um, again, when you have this kind of he, he said, she said sort of scenario, it's it's hard to figure out who is telling the truth or if, if they're both kind of right. But for me, I, I do think that Dana White was asked about this every week essentially on contender series about Connor and about Usada and about whatever. And it seemed like I know his answer was kind of like, Oh, I don't really have anything to do with that drug testing. I think that they could have avoided this problem, this question of whether or not the UFC was trying to get an exception. If he had just said, no, we're not, we're not going to allow him to do that. You know, he's going to have to wait to six months, like everybody else, where I feel like towards the end, especially the last few weeks that he was asked this question, um, he didn't necessarily deny that that would happen. He was just saying, we're figuring it out, you know, um so i guess for me i'm 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 hoping with how strongly uh hunter and jeff novitsky's message that that wasn't the case at that press conference how strong that was i'm guessing i'm hoping is an indicator um that they will make him do six months of testing i mean again who knows kind of what the rules will be with this new program i know we have a few months left of the usada uh the usada testing will be interesting to see how much they test him um before january 1st rolls around but I, th- I think that that rule's fair, you know, fair. It helps people not necessarily dodge around the drug testing. Uh, granted, he's coming back from, got to remember, he's coming back from a, a pretty brutal injury where maybe some of those things that USADA would not permit him to take um, out, out of competition were things that he should have been allowed to take. So uh, another aspect of this program that Jeff and, and Hunter kind of were talking about potentially allowing going forward is fighters that have catastrophic injuries allowing them to take medications that would allow them to recover um better so uh it'll be interesting i hope they make him still take that six months off which i think would put him around april um which would be kind of just in time for for ufc 300 um which i'm sure he's looking to get on if he is serious about competing um but definitely again very messy situation it'll be interesting to see if if they do file uh some sort of, of lawsuit i'm assuming they will um and i guess we'll maybe maybe some more uh some discoveries will come to light out of that
0: Good stuff. All right. Goes. Uh, the whole thing with M- McGregor, the tie in, man. You heard both sides. What are you thinking here?
2: Yeah. I mean, I think it's fair to say two things, right? One, you saw that it didn't handle this in the, in the most professional way, right? The response was scathing. And that it kind of does go hand in hand with what Hunter Campbell was saying. If you just read what they said, um, I can see that point of view. But on the other side, number two, is, you know, Conor McGregor may not have been the reason for this. They, they, it seems like this was a move that was going to already happen. We have to take their word for it at that, but he definitely didn't help the situation. Right. And the UFC didn't really help themselves by letting him kind of run amok on social media. Like he, he says what he wants and sometimes is able to do what he wants. Right. We're not privy to these conversations that they have behind closed doors. We're not there when Hunter Campbell's assuring that he is going to take this time off to US, to usada. We don't get to hear that as fans, as media, as other fighters on the roster. So when Connor says, I'm fighting in December, um, and the UFC doesn't raise their hand and say, no, he's not. That's not happening. We've seen Connor just kind of get away with things that other fighters don't don't get away with. So that's why I think people jump on him as soon as his name is ever thrown out there like that, right? And I don't think the UFC can really blame people, because I I feel like they do kind of have a little bit of responsibility, because they could have made the relationship a little better. You know, if they would have put up their hand and said, Hey, no, that's not going to go down. This is not what's happening. Then there's probably not that type of confusion, right? Um, the, the relationship ended up pretty bad, but remember this has to last until the end of the year. So this is still going to keep going on. Uh, like no one said, hopefully Connor does have to take that time. And it's looking like it probably will be that thing. I mean, this kind of all spells out UFC 300, but uh I I feel like both sides had a little bit to, to a little bit of blame on, on both sides.
0: All right. And Cub finally, uh, from you, same thing, you know, the McGregor effect, we'll call it. I'm sure that maybe along the way, there's been some positive stuff that has trickled down to other fighters. And maybe there's been some stuff where you just watch and say, wow, you know, I, I, I can't do that.
3: Yeah. Well, it's a, it's a unique situation. Um, You know, I got to give the UFC credit for always backing us up when we've complained about USADA. Uh, There's guys that have complained a lot more. Obviously, I think a lot of fighters don't want to do it. So they already are going into it with a negative attitude when people show up to test them. I always kept a good relationship with the the people that tested me because I know they don't want to wake me up. I don't want to get up, but but it has to be done. So I just made the best of it. So I, I think that some fighters were shooting themselves in the foot and getting off on the wrong foot with some of these uh, people coming to test them. I think the problem is, is that this whole thing happened with Connor. Uh, he had that injury. Uh, it looked like he took himself out of the testing pool so he could take something that he wasn't allowed to take to help speed up the process of his healing to make sure he healed right. And then he gained a lot of size and was, you know bragging about it how big he was um so i think usada took that as kind of a like this guy is cheating the system because most fighters aren't able to just drop out of the testing pool and jump back in because i'd say 99 of the fighters on the roster uh if they took themselves out of the testing pool they'd be no longer with the company so there's a a not a lot of people that could do that be in that position to take themselves out get healthy and come back in and i think you saw that as i think this guy's trying to cheat the system and we're going to lose uh some of our power if we allow this to happen so they wanted to kind of you know make him uh, an example of you can't cheat the system and i think that's why they kind of came at him so hard and i don't blame him for that and so i, I can see why both sides are upset um, but it definitely, uh, it, it definitely is crashing right now. I, I don't, I don't think that that they can, you know, make this any better than the relationship any better anymore.
0: Yeah, well, it ends here in about forty-five days or so. It ends in twenty twenty-three, and seamlessly, apparently, it'll start in January twenty-four with DFSI. So that's definitely a good thing, Cub. I imagine I'll go back to you from a peace of mind um you know I know you don't have 20 fights left I don't know how many fights left you have but w- w- can you talk about that was there a peace of mind just knowing that hey it's, it's going to be as clean of a fight as possible may the best man win yeah
3: because for me I've always wanted to compete clean because it's the long-term effects I think some of the stuff we're seeing in these older fighters the issues they're having it's it's a lot of not the health problems they're having are from them coming down off of using some steroids for years. Um, they're, they're having, you know, problems with their weight. They're having problems with, with, you know, emotionally, Uh, I think, you know, I've always, I've always thought that, you know, head trauma and steroids together was a bad mix. And so that's why I've always tried to stay away from that stuff and, you know, I, now that we we've had drug testing for so long i've been very proud of the sport and seeing what we're doing and so yeah i'm just hoping this this new company uh can continue on and do an even better job mm-hmm.
2: hey cub if you don't mind me asking like what uh what are things that you want to see out of this new company you know that fighters we've heard often say look i shouldn't be getting woken up at 5 a.m. I shouldn't be tested while I'm trying to cut weight. What are like the little things that you would tweak in that system?
3: Man, it's tough to say because personally, I don't mind getting woken up um, because it's usually around the time I was going to get up. Um, It's, it's, it's not the greatest scenario, but I don't have to worry about them showing up at the gym when I decided to go to a different gym that day. It's like the little things. So, Mm -hmm. you know, like I said, a lot of fighters are going to make it way worse than it is. It's it's not great. But the thing is, is when all the fighters are do, are on the same page and we're all doing it the same way, you can't complain because you can't say somebody's getting it worse than others. But unfortunately, some people are getting it worse than others. So that's I would say that's the issue is they need to make it all the same for everybody, which is why the Connor situation is even in this you know, conversation is because the testing needs to be the same for everybody and needs to be fair. And uh, I think that's probably where they, where they lost the control right there.
0: And so, Cub, look, maybe we'll abandon the for- format here for just a second because this is very fascinating getting your introspective. Um, okay, so the 5 a.m. calls didn't bother you or whatever, but, you know, were there any other things that I guess did possibly bother you that, someone came for to you for feedback you would you would give to them and now not just for yourself but as as again when you're a a manager and i know you cub you're probably holding mitts you're probably on the sauna you're a teammate you know what i mean so I, i i'm sure this is something that you'll be a part of for a long time
3: yeah i mean for me the the toughest thing was um like doing the whereabouts like every quarter And so they used to do it like 15 days before was the the deadline for the, for whatever quarter you were in. And so I had to tell them where I was going to be at every day for the next three months, which is mentally exhausting for me because I kind of take it one week at a time because I'm so busy. And so it'd be a little stressful. And then they moved it back to 15 days before that. So you, a month out, you're supposed to be uh, telling you where you're going to be at for the next uh, three months, and, you know, as a manager as well, I started having to, to you know, get all my guys in check, uh, my fighters, and then they, they'd they contact me and say, hey, this fighter and this fighter haven't done their whereabouts. So I'd call them and, hey, guys, you got to do it. So, I mean, those are the things I complain about, but I don't even think they're that bad. So I, I really didn't have any really bad experiences uh, with USADA. Um, they're just just inconvenient sometimes, but it's that that was a price I was willing to pay for a clean sport.
0: Do you ever feel like you were, I think I know the answer, but do you ever think you might have been cheated out of a win or a better performance by someone, you know, that was possibly enhanced? Thereby, Uh, when 2015 came around, a huge relief maybe, I don't know. A
3: hundred percent I do. Uh, You know, I, I felt like at one point I was one of the only people, uh, ranked in my division, uh, that I felt like w- was clean. Um, but that's just my personal opinion. And, and I feel like the sport, uh, like I said, it's come a long way and I, I don't want to see it go backwards. That's why I was initially upset. But, uh, I like I said, I'm optimistic about this, this new company and, and, uh, we're still a growing company. So I, I'd like to see improvements. And so I'm optimistic
0: all right well folks i'm by the way in southern peru so i apologize if i've been buffering in and out i had a great re connection this past week and felt good about hosting spinning back click but i think i may have gone in and out a few times so apologies on my behalf and on behalf of mma junkie but we're going to keep trucking through i'm also looking at the comments and there's a lot of stuff that i might circle back to because you guys have really come strong uh with the comments and the questions and this is a very important topic now if i may ask one thing from you guys hit the like button hit that subscribe button this this channel pops and all that also triggers an algorithm that kind of gets us more in the eyes of other hardcore mma fans like yourself just takes a second hit that like subscribe by the way that little bell that'll tell you when we're on live and imagine missing out an opportunity to hear from killer cub after such a crazy week in the sport of mixed martial arts. All right, so listen, guys, let's move on here. And again, I'll see if we have time to circle back. Important topic you guys did outstanding. So listen, Chucky Olives is out of UFC 294. Alexander the Great is in. I've wanted to see both fights run back, make no mistake. But I have to be honest, less than two weeks, quite a bit of travel involved, a last-second weight cut. I doubt we're getting the best Volk. Also, Matthias Gamrot was the backup fighter for the main event. He's a proper 55er with a decorated uh, resume. They, the UFC, chose him. And they went with Volk. All right. So, guys, are you more pleased with the new main event? Yay or nay? And then expand. Go start off.
2: Man, so, yeah, this kind of got lost in the shuffle with everything that was going on. It was an absolute insane week. But I want to tackle this from different angles, right? Because there's different ways of looking at this. As a fan, let's say as a family man, I got Thursday night football. I have major league baseball playoffs. I have college football on Saturday. I have the NFL on Sunday. Something's got to go. I'm not married to my TV, right? So I'll say this. The way the card is placed now, I would probably be more likely to order that pay-per-view. I think that's a win for a fan. Um, If I'm the UFC, I just delivered arguably a better card to the fans. Uh, viewers are gonna be more into it live attendees who aren't paying for the exact same card they paid for last time they were out there with oliveira and Makashev, uh they gotta be happy my partners probably have to be happy in all this right so if you're the UFC I think that's a win as well as a hardcore fan I'm a little upset and I'm gonna tell you why I was one of the first ones to kind of shit on this card or this fight the first time around I just felt like, You have to clean out divisions before you can have fighters face each other off like that. Because it puts too many people in a waiting pattern. Uh, You never know what's going to happen with injuries. It's just a lot of confusion, and I didn't think it needed to happen. Once the fight actually happened, it was a great fight. And I was open to seeing it again. Just it has to be under the right circumstances, okay? You see everything that they said after the first fight, how close that first fight was. I'm down. It just didn't have to happen right now. And and the problem that I'm having with this is you look at how close that fight was. And that's Alexander Volkanovsky going up a weight class and challenging not just any lightweight, the guy at the top, right? If we were all in high school and a junior challenged a senior to the uh, fight at lunch, that senior better mop the floor with the junior, right? And that didn't really happen. It was a very, very close fight. So my issue now is a close fight like that. I want to know that we have the best representation of both fighters involved in this matchup because look, it's short notice, you know. I, I know Alexander uh, Volkanovski is a great fighter and I don't doubt that he could give a good uh, a good performance in this fight. Like he might go out there and win. That can very well happen. But I don't want to be left with that feeling if Alexander Volkanovski goes out and wins rounds 1 and 2 and then starts to fade and loses the fight because of that. That's not a feeling that I want to have. And I feel like we could have gotten this fight later on. I feel like we were just kind of trying to solve a problem right now, and make everybody happy right now, but we didn't really look into the future of what could have been an even bigger card, an even bigger fight. Uh, especially if those guys keep going in the mode that they're going, you know, they're, they're, they're winning fights. So I think we were a little cheated there. Um, I'm going to give you an example. When Chad Mendez fought Conor McGregor, didn't we all kind of look at each other and go, man, I feel like a, a full camp of a Chad Mendez probably takes this fight. And imagine the trajectory of Conor McGregor's career, how that would have changed things. I'm just going to be really bummed out if we don't feel like we get a, a true representation of Alexander Volkanovsky. That I feel like we're missing out because we're trying to make everybody happy now. I think Gamrot would have been a decent replacement. It would have been a different fight. Uh, it probably would have been sufficient and then with the co-main uh shake up there i think everybody would have been okay don't get me wrong i'm gonna have goosebumps the night of i'm gonna be cheering that fight on but i'm just worried about certain things that could happen that maybe takes away from what a hardcore mma junkie fan wants
0: for sure goes uh chad Mendez, great example all right cub you've been in that situation right up with you know title contender the possible title challenger i don't know did, did any of this bring back good memories bad memories what what are your thoughts when you kind of see these types of shakeups?
3: Well, it's just it's
0: unfortunate
3: for certain people, um, you know, because, you know, Gamrod, this was his chance to, to get a title fight. And I'm sure he was he was prepping, hoping the opportunity would would happen. And then opportunity comes and they were like, oh, not today. Uh, we're going to give it to somebody else. So, you know, as far as, you know, going from Oliveira to volkanowski i i think it's kind of a lateral move because it's it's somebody uh that it's both fighters that we wanted to see the rematch but i think looking long term it doesn't make as much sense um i think if volkanowski can do this amazing win it it it, it's way better for everybody because volkanowski is a star and and we maybe he does move up and stay there um but if he loses then he goes back to 45 and then he, is he going to go against Um uh, That was a fight. I think a lot of people in the 45 pound division were excited about. And so does that lose some of its shine? So yeah, I, I, I wish they would have just given the fight to Gamrot and, and um, you know, kept Tapura and Volkanovski, you know, uh, ready to fight. Um, but you know, the UFC wants to, you know, book the biggest fights and I can see this one being the next biggest one. So i'm on the fence about it
0: Mm -hmm. all right nolan king man how about you you happy with this yay or nay
1: it's hard for me to complain just because i keep bringing myself back to after we saw them fight uh, the first time um and just walking away from that fight i I just remember thinking that might have been the most perfect fight that i've ever watched like it was so competitive the skill level was something that we hadn't really i don't think ever seen uh in mma before just it just felt like Kind of a next level sort of fight. The, the arena was great, um, so it's really hard for me to, to say anything negative. But at the same time, uh, goes his point about the full camp thing. You know, will we be thinking afterwards? Ah, uh, you know, we we wasted the big fight. Now, like it would have been great to see these guys on full camps try to do it again. Um, it kind of gives me the vibe of uh, of when Jorge Masvidal stepped up on short notice to fight uh, uh, Usman the first time, where we were like hankering for that fight. And then we got it on like a week's notice and then he looked tired in the fight. And granted, I think maybe the fight would have played out like that anyway, in retrospect, but um, it it does, it does kind of uh, make you wonder, you know, how much the short notice uh, nature of this fight, how how much that will impact Volkanovsky in this fight. So um, I can't complain. Honestly, I think it's one of my favorite fights that I've ever seen. So uh, right up there with Cub Swanson versus Duho Choi. Um, So I'm excited to see it again, but, we'll we'll revisit in a week to see if there's anything that i in you know hindsight uh will wish happened instead
0: good stuff yeah that swanson Choi fight definitely was pretty good maybe one day it'll it be in the right. hall of Fame. who knows <laughs> <laughs> all right so Cub, back to you i'm coming to you with a question from the chat sorry chat i'm slow in bringing these in you guys have been overwhelming me and of course like i said that connection tripped me up for a second this comes from pro fights info Question for Cub, what is a moment from your career that stands out as a huge risk that you took on short notice or at a different weight, but it paid off with the win? And what were the emotions throughout?
3: Oh, man. I I don't think I had any um, short notice fights that that went my way. I, I really didn't take short notice fights um, my whole career. I tried to on a couple title fights. Uh, they didn't choose me. And the only short-notice fight I really took was against Frankie the second fight. Well, actually, the, the first fight, uh, they, they, they kept giving me Frankie on short-notice, which is not, not fun to prepare for uh, on short-notice. But, yeah, so they didn't work out great for me. And, uh, yeah, I, I try not to get any of my guys to do short-notice fights because you, you just – it's so hard to be prepared. It's so hard to have your timing down, um, to, to feel like you're peaking, to do all these things. So, you know, when the opportunity's there, you got to take it. But if the, if you try, if you don't have to, I definitely wouldn't do it.
0: Mm-hmm. Does it pretty much kind of, uh, is it tough to turn down though? Because usually they dangle some money. Right. And then usually yeah. it's kind of like, Hey pal, we're going to remember this. And I, you know, do you feel like that
3: yeah sometimes they they offer money and sometimes they don't um it just depends on the situation so uh, the last time i was asked to take a short notice fight i said uh that i if they paid me more money and and they said well we're paying you a lot already and i was like well i have a fight already scheduled and uh, yeah then that i ended up not getting either fight so uh that my opponent ended up taking the fight so that that kind of backfired in my face but yeah that it can happen like i said you got to look at the risk versus reward and and sometimes the reward is is enough to to give it a shot obviously for volkanowski in this this sense it's it's a title fight so in a bigger one than you already have so uh yeah it's always depends on the situation and and you got to you know, you gotta live with whatever decision you make.
0: Wow, that one had to have stung. The opponent got it. You said, "Yeah, yeah." Jeez.
3: Yeah, that was Ooh, that one was tough brutal. Because I literally was lifting weights and and training, and they're like, "Cub, we got a sh- you know short notice fight. Well, you take it." And I was like, "I I'm down to do it, but you gotta you gotta pay me more because this is gonna hurt. You know, to to really crunch in this short time frame." Um, and then, uh, yeah, they ended up giving it to the opponent that I was preparing for. And then I had didn't have a fight. And then I was just like, oh, man, that sucks.
2: Ooh. Man, you know what? Like that, That's interesting, Cub, because I didn't think about this. We kind of looked at this from the UFC's perspective, from the fans' perspective. But I never once thought about looking at it from Alexander's perspective. And in his case, he's probably thinking, big paycheck, a guy I've already fought I'm familiar with. And even if I'm if I lose, I'm still the champ over here. I'm still the baddest guy over here. And really, I mean, I'm testing myself by going up. Like he's really in a situation where maybe he doesn't lose out as much. Now we talk about this fight down the road could have been pretty big, but I imagine whatever they gave him to do this on short notice, traveling that far probably was uh, beneficial financial. But I never really thought to think about what it was like from his perspective.
3: Yeah, I mean, unless he goes out there and just flops, which we don't expect from him, as long as he makes it competitive, he's only going to gain from the situation because he's testing himself. You know, that that's, that's why when we talk about, like, best of the best, I can't really put Khabib up there because he never – his resume isn't that amazing. <laughs> his last five fights were incredible, but before that, his resume is not really as good as – like the John Joneses and the Anderson Silva's right and then he didn't test himself Volkanowski that guy that guy's been testing himself as much as possible so uh you can't question his resume and like I said it was just a high reward so why not do it
2: I'm curious guys on the same topic like all right if we look at this from Ilya Tapura's standpoint would you be almost a little bit thankful that now this guy that just seems unbeatable, he's going to have more mileage on him before he gets to you. Um, another camp, another fight. Could it be beneficial for him? Or do you think he's sitting there going, I'm missing out on my spot? Cause I feel like it's his spot. No matter what, he just got to wait a little bit more.
0: I'll go to Cub. I mean, I didn't get anything. Yeah, so, I come. mean,
2: in,
3: in my experience, I think that, to poor uh, it's better for him if volkanowski loses because and in, in volkanowski might be an anomaly here but usually this this fight game you gotta have um what do you momentum right you gotta have momentum so him coming off of a win come, or coming off of loss is completely different mentally for that fighter going into the fight so i would imagine that volkanowski Loses and he's like, oh, well, I'm going to fight topora poor might be feeling like, okay, he's coming off of a loss. He's questioning his abilities a little bit versus somebody that's been just steamrolling people and and making it look easy. So, you know, personally, that's that's the way I would be thinking about it is if he loses, is he going to be uh, questioning himself just a little bit for me to to get right in his face right away? Or I mean, if he wins. Uh, does, does he move up now, and now he's not going to come back to 45? So, that, I mean, he's got to be asking himself a lot of questions.
0: Good stuff, guys. All right. Well, look, there's another fight to discuss <coughs> on UFC 294. Hamzat Shamaev also has a new opponent. Paulo Costa is out. They deemed him medically unfit to compete. Uh, former UFC welterweight champion Kamara Uzman, he's in. Just days after confirming that the switch at the top of the bill – with Vulcan uh, Islam. The UFC also comes up with a new matchup in the co event. They also uh, sweeten the pot, I guess, a little bit. UFC president Dana White said that this is a title eliminator, guys. He told that on the Pat McAfee show. Quote, this is an absolute fact. The fact that these guys are taking this fight on short notice, the winner... We'll get the next shot at the title, barring injuries and other things that can possibly happen. He also had one other quote that I found as we are prepping for uh, this topic. That's what makes fighting so fun. They're all taking these fights just over a week out, and they're all accepting risks. They believe in themselves. And to my way of thinking, this is what makes the sport so great when you have world champions or guys who are in the top five of the world, and that's their mindset. All right, we're going to go to Cub first. Guys, this is what I want to know. Are you giving these guys, the UFC, a fist bump or a thumbs down to all this? Remember, the matchup's pretty dope, but the whole title eliminator thing, I don't know. Cub, your thoughts?
3: I'm definitely giving a fist bump because, I mean, if you guys have ever been around a matchmaker, they just look stressed out all the time. Uh I, I wouldn't want their job and, you know, to, to make a great card and to have it kind of fall apart and then have having to do better than what you already did or try to make it as good. It's just gotta be crazy. And my hat's off to them for, for continually putting out great fights and getting fighters to step up. So yeah, I've definitely give them you know, props to them. Um, as far as it being a better fight, uh, I kind of feel like it is, uh, I don't know. Paulo Costa trips me out. He just seems like he like I don't know. Like he wants to be famous. Uh, he, you know, it's like I'm not sure if he's more worried about his the perception of him or his fighting ability. But you know, I feel like anybody who puts their injuries online before a fight is is almost looking for a way out. Like he he was already accepting that he wasn't gonna fight. Um, that just seemed strange to me, that behavior, because any fighter that has an injury is going to keep it under wraps and, and try to, you know, make it to the fight and not show any weaknesses. And so for him to, to put that, you know, pictures and stuff out of his elbow, it almost was like, uh, hey, if I lose, this is the reason. And and usually people post that kind of stuff after fights. Um, but as far as uh, the, the new matchup, I, I love it. I, I wish... Usman would have had a, a full training camp uh, because I am a big fan of his. I, I like his skills. I wanted to see what he do at 185. So I'm, I'm curious to see uh, how they match up. And uh, they both have really good wrestling and powerful strikers. So I, I love the matchup. I just wish uh, Usman would have had a little bit more time and also not coming off back-to-back losses.
0: Cub, that's an interesting th- take that you said about the matchmaker. Yes, you know, them coming to the rescue and all that. But what about Adrika's Duplessis, you know, who is, I think, 4-0, 5-0 in the UFC, kind of has vaulted himself towards the top. What about a Jared Cannonier who also has been near the top and even did the alternate spot for the last fight that we had with Strickland versus Darasanya? They didn't use him. And I know he's got a fight book, but... but what about those guys at the top? It, it seems a little unfair for me. To me, a guy that's moving up to welterweight, just because he kind of did a favor, scratched someone's back, he might get a title shot.
3: Yeah, I mean, but that's what happens in this game is the guys that step up, if they have a great performance, they can just step in and, and uh, be that guy. Um, yeah, who knows if those other guys were offered, uh, you know, title fights. Um, do, do we know? Do you guys know if anybody else was offered the fight?
0: I don't know. Do you guys know? No, I don't think nope. so. I,
3: v- I Vittori,
0: I, I might have heard the Vittori name, and he declined yeah. maybe, but yeah. Yeah,
3: because usually what they do is they go around and they ask, you know, more than one person, and they say, we'll get back to you, and, and mm-hmm. they see what they have, and they try to make the best fight. So, um, yeah, I don't know why they chose this one, but I mean, I I, st- I still like the fight.
0: Okay. How about you, Nolan? Uh, your thoughts on the way this one panned out, this co-main event?
1: Yeah, I love it. It's, it's, it's weird. The UFC right now seemingly can't miss, right? Like even when things go wrong, they go right. Um, we ended up with two upgrades, it seems like, in terms of the matchups themselves. I know we've talked at length about the short notice nature of each, but um, I'm excited for this one. I think it's uh, the toughest test that Hamzat's faced for sure. Um, and I think Usman, it's the the perfect fight to kind of get people back on his bandwagon, a fresh start at middleweight, going in there, taking out the guy that, that you know, was the guy to beat in this division um, or either division, really. I mean, Hamza Chamayev's just surging. Um, he's got the, the full promotion power behind him. And Usman can come in and, and kind of steal some of that thunder. Uh, not necessarily that he needs it, but he can remind people that, you know, he was one of the all-time, if not the greatest welterweight ever. And, and now he's going to do his thing at middleweight and see if that makes a difference. So, I love this fight. Um, I love both these fights. I think the UFC uh, did an excellent job at at finding replacements. I mean, let's face it, like there's a lot of other fights that we could have been looking at for next week that still would have been good, but they might have been downgrades. And instead, we have two fights that I think people are really buzzing about. Um, I think that the chaos of this week probably added even a whole nother level, uh, reminded people this event's right around the corner, got people talking about it. Everybody knows who's fighting. So I'm excited, man. Uh, uh, UFC 294 is going to be a good one. And um, yeah, that one-two punch at the top, man, it's just, they, they knocked it out of the park, I think.
0: All right. Stinger Jack in the chat room says, it's actually a path for Shemayev to be champ. So maybe the UFC's kind of looking at it from that point of view. Joseph Boza, checking my ass, he says DDP is actually 6-0 and uh, in the UFC. Jared has won four of his last fights. Those two had a claim to a shot with Sean as champion. All right, goes, how about you, man? What are your thoughts here? Uh,
2: I give a fist bump, but I probably don't come in for a bro hug just because I don't think they needed to throw out the whoever wins this gets a shot at the title because there are guys like Karen and here. There are guys like drink that I think probably deserve that a little bit more. I think just the compensation on the money side would have been enough, but uh, we don't really know behind closed doors how many people passed on this fight. And I really don't, don't blame them. You know, this is a really, really rough situation um, it's funny because Sean Strickland's usually the guy that comes in and bails us out of these situations, right? But now he's the guy up on top. So, uh, Kamar Usman, his name still carries weight. He's a great fighter. It's a decent fight. I think um, the idea of moving up a weight class and facing a guy who's not really made a career for himself at middleweight benefits Kamar Usman. And on the flip side, if you're Hamzat Shemaev in the middleweight division, you're getting a guy that you used to share a division with at 170. So you get to make a splash at 185 against a guy who's not really a middleweight. That's like a win-win for both guys. And on top of that, they have the opportunity to make money and possibly fight for a belt. I think this is a great deal all the way around for, for both guys. And you know, I don't for Hamzat Shemaev, if he wins this fight, like I don't think people will really remember. Uh, the circumstances behind it i think you just look at the skin on your wall and you see Kamal Usman, a former champion that's just a solid name man i think it was a win-win for both guys
0: all right i think you guys might have convinced me i was more of a sourpuss when the show started but i guess i am pumped up about it at least he lets himself be out dana did say other things may happen that usually means that contract stuff who's being a hard head who's difficult to deal with but um uh he, he kind of covered his ass here all right guys let's have a little bit of fun And then I'm going to start scanning the chats. I saw some good questions for Cub. We might as well maximize the time that we have with him here. But we got to get this one out because it was blown up on Twitter. Worlds collided with Dylan Dennis and Logan Paul boxing this Saturday. Paul won the 5 via disqualification in the round, in the last round, I should say, of, of the six. Is this the end of Dylan Dennis, or do you think he'll find a way to resurface? We're back to Nolan leading things off here, man. What do you think?
1: Yeah, it shows you that I just, I, I I don't even know what to think, man, about Dylan Dennis. I I, I was kind of sick of hearing about him. I figured that that would be the case with most of the masses as well. But I think by our numbers, by the, the numbers on social media that anybody can look at, he's he's got generated interest. Uh, whether it's, you know, kind of hate clicks or whatever you want to call it. I mean, he's on Piers Morgan tonight. so from doing nothing from not fighting. I don't think there's been anybody that's ever garnered more attention as a fighter from doing absolutely nothing. But the fact that he has appeared has had kind of this weird um, opposites thing where the, the guy that never fights is fighting. Now everybody like let's, let's see what he has. And then he goes out there and puts on an awful fight. And, and now people are seemingly even more interested. So I, I really don't know. I've never had a good gauge or compass when it comes to Dylan Dennis and the interest. I don't necessarily understand it. It's unfortunate because actually, initially, I was very on board with him. I mean, I, it was such a, an interesting signing by Bellator. He was kind of taking it slow. It was when McGregor was peaking. I thought this trajectory was going to be great. And then we've just kind of veered off. And granted, he's had brutal knee surgeries and stuff. So it's not totally his fault. Um, but he certainly leaned into the uh, the trolling, so to speak. Um, it was just, I guess, surprising enough for people to see him on a fight surface uh, on Saturday um, for, for to to generate that sort of interest. But We'll see. I mean, will people be buying his next fight, whether it's boxing or MMA? I don't necessarily think so. I think uh, just in terms of the lack of entertainment value, uh, maybe things have finally caught up to him. But in terms of interviews, in terms of people, uh, you know, kind of feeding into his trolling, I think that that's pretty
0: clear that that's going to continue. All right, goes. what did you think of that madness on Saturday?
2: Uh, Look, I don't think. I don't think Dylan Dennis is going away anytime soon. I feel like Logan Paul, in a sense, kind of failed here. Even though he was he was awarded the victory, for me, the only outcome in this situation was Dylan Dennis needed to be scraped off of that mat at the end of the fight. He needed to KO him to win. The fact that that didn't happen kind of gives Dylan Dennis a little bit more life to go out there and do all these things. I wasn't really interested in the fight at all until the microphone came across and 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 hit paul in the head that at least put me in a situation where i was like well now i at least need to know the result i'm probably not going to order it but it did make me a little bit more interested in it but i don't think uh dylan Tannis is going away anytime soon guys all right
0: anxious to hear what cub thinks is this guy a a fighter in your book he's had just a couple fights in mma he's an outstanding grappler this boxing thing but man the guy went home with a bag
3: yeah i mean yeah he's not my type of fighter that's for sure um but yeah he's made the walk so we gotta we gotta give him credit as as a fighter um i wasn't really into this fight uh i knew that it wasn't going to be great because i know dylan dennis doesn't have any striking so it i wasn't the only reason i even watched the highlights last night is because i knew we were going to be talking about it so i had to um but yeah i You know, Dylan Dennis is a troll. He's going to always be popular because, you know, people just seem to gravitate towards that kind of stuff these days. Um, it's in my opinion, it's what I, you know, don't like about the sport is that we get, we sometimes give people like him, uh, too much of a platform. And, and, you know, I, I dislike it, but, um, what I do like about these you know, kind of celebrity boxing matches and these kind of gimmicky fights is that you guys get excited about it. The fans, you get excited about it. You talk about it. And then when you see the product is not what you're used to seeing, when you see these great boxing matches and these UFCs almost every weekend, you see what great fighting is. So when, when you get a, you get hyped up on one of these, you know, big hype matches, and then you realize that it's crap. I think it just shows the appreciation of what people like myself and all these great fighters in the ufc and boxers do all the time so uh, yeah i'm that's why i'm a fan of of watching them but this one in particular i wasn't excited about because of dennis because i know his skill set wasn't there he's just a talker i i was really hoping that uh mike perry was going to step in i, w- I would have loved that fight
0: hey cub could you beat both paul brothers in boxing um- definitely. I know this is a size nice difference, but you know they you've been boxing for a long time with Julio Diaz down in India, yeah. I believe, yeah, so you've been so, around I those mean, gyms, and
3: I definitely have more skill than them, that's for sure, but there's no denying the fact that they're pretty big, they got size, so size does matter. um I think that I would do better than most of the guys that they've fought so far um. But it'd be it'd be tough because of the size, like I said.
0: Mm-hmm. All right. Here's a question from Cub. We're just going to finish out with this. How does Cub feel about the new gloves? Does he think there's been some improvement with them, and does he notice a difference since using them? And this is right down your wheelhouse. You've had problems with, hands, with your hands in the past. What are your thoughts on this question from Beavis and Butthead?
3: So nobody has used the new gloves. Uh, we have thought that these new gloves – happened uh and apparently they didn't um the new more curved glove from what i was told was they had just already been kind of broken in um i actually did see the new gloves on my fighter danny silva fought on the contender series a couple weeks ago and they were testing out the actual new gloves that i had never seen before and they were harder and smaller than the old gloves so that kind of tripped me out and they had a very fine kind of texture on the leather that i thought would make people tear a little bit more so um yeah i i I feel like i'm one of a handful of people that have seen the actual new gloves um and i after Danny Silva had that amazing fight on the contender series, I was like, Hey, you need to save these gloves. Cause you're going to remember this. And then they came and they took them and they said, Hey, we're still studying these. And they took them away. And I was like, Oh man, that sucks. Um, but yeah, so the new gloves, uh, I'm, I'm sure they're going to still make some changes. Um, but yeah, I think, uh, <laughs> I think that they're, they're definitely different than the old ones.
0: And so, are you thinking more from the end of "Oh man, I wouldn't get want to get hit with one of those," or are you thinking more like "Oh, I can't wait to jack someone up with one of those"? Both, because <laughs>
3: okay. uh, half of you is saying "Yeah, I can't wait to hit somebody," the other half of you is going well, "Wait, I could get hit with these," you know. <laughs> so, yeah, I like I said, I don't know what they're going to keep changing on these new gloves, but um, yeah, I just saw them a couple weeks ago and. I usually wear a size small. I have small hands, and but with hand wraps, I can squeeze them to smalls, and they're snug. But on these ones, I, I grabbed a medium, and without hand wraps, I tried to put them on to, to just feel them, and I barely could get my hand in. So it's definitely uh, a different sizing for these new gloves.
0: We got just under a minute, so let me give you one more question that I saw out there. I've seen Cub do some commentating for other organizations, but would he do any of that? or on-screen analysis for the UFC after he's finished uh analyzing prepayment fighting. <laughs>
3: um I've been loving doing LFA. I've only been doing a couple of shows a year just kind of getting my toes wet. Um but I I had thought about that recently. I would love to do a UFC card just to be at the uh, you know the in between the up on the the panel with um Karen Bryan or um just kind of breaking down fights but i i think i really do enjoy um watching the these fighters right before they they break into that next level i was able to see terrence mckinney that we were talking about um and and a couple of these other guys i was able to like talk to them right before they made that jump to the next show and so it was, it's pretty cool being able to do that and being a part of people's journey so uh I, i'm definitely looking forward to doing LFA more.
0: Nice. All right. Pajman was excited that Cub was in the chat today and part of the panel. And then you also got a shout out from Jaybird and many others and Cub wanted to thank you for doing this. You did a, an awesome job. Goes and Nolan as well. And folks, again, you can help us out. Uh, we're not asking for much. Hit that like button. Subscribe to the channel just because we put out so much content pre and post fight all of the big events that take place in the sport of mixed martial arts along with a ton of different features like legend to legend nolan king's done some really good stuff you know introspective stuff with with fighters check out the one with uh brendan ward that's one that i've gone back and read a few times and he's up for journalist of the year so Nolan, you know we got your back and of course mma junkies up for best media source so at world mma awards i heard there might still be some voting i don't know i went in there and looked like about a few days ago and looked like uh, we could get in there, so uh, please, that'd be great. And thank you all for joining us here for the last hour. Again, we're back to our normal start time, noon Eastern, nine AM Pacific, which is where we'll be next week here on Spinning Click. Take care. Go out and the champions.